0: All right, today is the halfway point of the 2019 offseason. 107 days have passed since the Super Bowl and 107 days until the season over. Congrats to our producer, Joe, for doing the math. We're going to talk about a lot today, though, my man. We're going to talk about Magic Johnson, betrayal with the Lakers. We're going to talk about Peyton Manning with the Jets, potentially. Gerald McCoy, done with the Bucs. And I also want to talk about Game of Thrones with you, because you promised me that you were going to watch the I did
1: watch. I did watch. I must confess that Toronto... Milwaukee game was going into five different overtimes. That's a good point. Bucks which Raptors Which, It kind of like I was going back and forth, okay. you know, and I was picking up little pieces. And thank God Millie wasn't home because there's, I had like 18,000 questions. And <laughs> but he no did want to answer. I cannot,
0: it. I cannot wait to hear all of your thoughts on this episode, the finale of Game of Thrones. Also, by the way, did, uh, Mike Francesa, reach out but our, no, our, no I want to update our podcast, on that. But by the way, thank you everybody who listened Emergency Podcast in the Jets. I think did very well. We got to do more
1: emergency topics. We definitely do the mush of mushers. Right. Bronx Francesa. Dale. Yeah. Which is now I don't I don't we got to get mush squared is what I'm going to call them. My buddy McKenzie
0: goes, "I never knew mush was from a Bronx tale." I'm like,
1: "Yeah." He yeah. Says, "I heard Lombardi. I've heard that expression." I'm like, "Yeah, it's from Bronx Tale." And, that's, that's right. yeah. well, the best scene of that is when when they find out mush Francesa is bet the same horse that they bet. They rip up their tickets before the the race. (laughs) They're tearing up. That's it. We're done. (laughs) Hello, <laughs> The whole crew. We're done. You know what? I, speaking of horse race, how about the horse that didn't have the jockey on him? Did you see the effort of that bastard? Yeah, that Did was, you uh, see him running like crazy? Like I was like, oh my god, this horse is going to win. Can right. you imagine if that horse would have won? <laughs> the horse with no
0: jockey, like that's what we need here. He
1: was running his ass off. He right. was. I mean, he, he was be
0: getting whipped the whole time.
1: Like uh, I know he what was to do closing here. the gap. I'm like, this is impressive.
0: <laughs> the preakness. We got to get you on the Michael K show though, because then you can just go on K show. Slam Francesca. I yeah, love that. Well,
1: I mean, you know, I don't know. That would be an alley hoop for me. I mean, like, really, seriously, like, oh, I, he could pick a soup du jour. What did he predict wrong today? Like, <laughs> I, seriously. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Always
0: wrong. All right. As I mentioned, it's a midway point of the offseason, so we can actually use the term, like, Peak offseason. It is. What in the world are GMs and front offices doing right now?
1: Well, now we got OTA days, which is the best part. So you got these 12, 13, 14 OTA days that you can actually go out and see what you brought to the team. You Mm -hmm. can start training guys. You can actually get a guy under center. You can throw passes. Players put helmets on. The Mm -hmm. Patriots give jersey numbers that don't even exist. Although people make fun about Belichick giving jersey. There used to be a time when the Patriots would never give jersey numbers out. Oh, and the media got all mad because they'd go to practice so we don't know who's practicing. Well, it was hard for us as coaches, too, right. to figure out who the hell the guy was, too. Right. But Belichick wasn't trying to be deceptive to the media. He was trying to force the players to communicate amongst themselves – and know the person playing next to him because right. he's building a team, right? So right. he's not trying to make it happy for the media. So now they give out different jerseys. But it's the perfect time to look at your team, see where you are, find out what more you have to add to your team, and you start to bond your team a little bit.
0: Right. So as long as that team building is continuing, it's interesting as we go to the Jets and the fact that, I mean, listen, you as you said on the Emergency Podcast, you're on a lonely Islander. You actually think the move was oh, great. About- and just to reiterate here, because, again, I got people going – but why would they fire him after the draft? And your point is,
1: who cares for the timing? He wasn't the right guy anyways. McCagan out. Right. And I think people are being way too – Now, look, I, I think Chris Johnson lied to a lot of people in the media about his happiness with McCagan. Right. But I think the reality of people are taking it out on him too far here now. Look, uh, I mean, Gase is not trying to run the team. Gase is trying to coach the team. Just because he fired a couple scouts, they were top-heavy in scouts. You know, the problem is, there's an old saying, they've never dedicated a monument into a committee. So when you have all these goddamn committee, when you have too many scouts in your room, you have too many opinions. You can't get everybody on the same page. So a streamlined personnel department is really what you need. Gase is trying to do that. He's catching crap for that because it looks like he's in control. Well, sometimes what looks like control is doing the right thing. I think Mm -hmm. Gase is doing the right thing. To that point, Peyton
0: Manning, could he be a target? You hear that name, Mike, and all of a sudden you go, wow. Hang on a second. I know Tony Romo is a great analyst, and I know John Elway has proven his acumen in the front office, although some may argue Elway, for all his success, still can't get a quarterback. Is Peyton Manning the next great one to do this? Cerebral
1: guy, smart guy, well-respected? Look, Peyton can do anything he wants to do when it comes to football, but he's going to call himself owner. There's going to be an investment by Payton that he's not going to be subjected to the whims of somebody else above him saying you should do this or you should do that. Right, exactly. He's going to want to be owner. So unless he comes in on a limited partnership, Payton will be the next Al Davis. He'll have a limited partnership. 10% stake, maybe like a Derek Jeter with the Marlins? Exactly. Fingerhead of it, even though you don't have a big stake. He he may only own 30% of the team or 20% of the team, but he's got the limited general partnership where he can control the team and he can pick and do what he wants. That's the only That whole rumor about Peyton Manning coming back, just like Peyton Manning going to Monday Night Football, I mean, he doesn't want to tie himself down Mm -hmm. to that. I mean, he wants to be able to have this expansive time to learn and to develop himself as a president and run a team, because that's ultimately what he's going to do. So it's not even a
0: question, I'm with you, it's not even a question of work ethic, because Peyton, if he's going to set his mind to it, he would put in the work ethic. It's just not, this isn't the right occupation for him. He could do it and be successful, relatively speaking.
1: He would have to have somebody, look, I I love Matt Millen to death. I love Matt. Matt would readily admit to you here today, he was not a great GM. But what Matt would also tell you is Matt wasn't prepared for the job. Matt would readily tell you that. Matt said, I had no idea. I thought it was just scouting, picking players. I I didn't know I had to manage this. I didn't know I had to run this. I didn't know I had to deal with this person over here. Yeah. It was way too big for me, and I should have hired somebody. He hired Bill Tobin, who bucked heads with him. I should have hired somebody who could have trained me a little bit, or I should have gotten trained along the way. Right. I think that's what happens to a lot of guys. They go into this. Dan Marino, it's like yeah. it's exhausting. It's a long time of work to learn it. Not that they can't do it, mm-hmm. but there's more to it. Ozzie knew." when he came upstairs when he stopped playing he came upstairs he didn't just become the gm he started on the ground floor he learned coaching he learned scouting he learned the whole thing and then he was ready to take over
0: the story's about millen and as you said good guy well liked by people but like literally he'd be watching like a usc game we gotta get that guy yeah he just he
1: just loved those receivers because it's so i mean we got guys in the league that do it now it's different than trading cards it's putting together a team right You know, it's way different. It's like, and then you have all these people who come to you and say, we got to do this, we got to do that. And then they're smart, but they don't necessarily see the big picture. You got to see the big picture when you're the GM. You got to be able to tell people, no, that's not right now. We can't do that right now. We're going to get to that. Seeing the big picture,
0: one of the most entertaining moments of the last several weeks, in my opinion, was seeing Magic Johnson on ESPN's first take on Monday. Now, this is a perfect topic for you, Mike, because you know all about front offices, and I'm sure potential betrayals, or when a guy's got your back, guy doesn't have your back, Sopranos mythology, trust, <laughs> trust is everything. For those who are not aware, Magic, of course, he quit the Lakers and everyone said, oh my God, it was such an odd way to do it. He hadn't told them yet. He had that laughing moment telling them about, oh yeah, I, they don't know yet, I'm not coming back next year. Now, Johnson, on first take said he heard from both employees within the Lakers and business partner's Outside the organization, Rob Palenka, who was the GM, was bad-mouthing Magic, insinuating that he wasn't working hard enough, that irked Johnson, the former president of basketball operations, and helped to lead to his sudden exit. I started hearing, Magic, you're not working enough. Magic's not in the office. He said, people around the Laker office were telling me Rob was saying things. Rob Palenka, I didn't like those things being said by my back. Now to that point, Magic said this was interesting. To your point, with Matt Millen would readily admit he wasn't ready. Magic said, "Yeah, I don't have a great work ethic for this. Like I was told, you are the figurehead. You're not working 24 seven on this. Mike, he owns he he like movie theaters. He owns restaurants. Like he's not coming in here grinding on the Lakers.
1: Yeah, how can Just he do here, the job? Just be here, shake hands, and that's it. How can he do the job if he's going to? You know, you, he can't. And right. then he wants to. I watched that too. I'd, yeah. I rarely watch first take. I rarely watch it. I'll yeah. be honest. Sure, but I it was captivating. Listening to him explain himself of right. how he was trying to do it. And I mean, like, this doesn't work. Like, who agreed to this? Right. Like, I don't have a strong work ethic of this, but that was the deal. Yeah, but uh, who so agreed to this? Like, I'm with if, you. I think the Lakers like, why would you agree to bring in a guy like, who's basically working part-time? Yeah, now Polinka which is interesting, he was Kobe's agent. Yeah. So there's that in that. You know, so I don't know what the thing is, and, and I have heard that he was bad-mouthing them through the building, but if you want to develop a culture in your building the guy who's running your team can't be the laziest guy on part of your team. Like, how is this possible? Like, if you- Lead by example. Uh, he's going to speed up. No, he's out by noon. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, seriously. I mean, like, you can't do that. Like, that just kills everybody. Like, the leader has to set the example. He has to work harder than everybody else. Like, whose idea was it to say, okay, Magic, we're going to do that. Now, if you want to do what Jerry West is doing at 81 years old, coming in and advise, that's Advisor. great. Yeah, that's great. Come in there and do it. But Lawrence Frank, the general manager or the president, president of the Clippers, he's in there every morning at 6, and he's working till midnight. Right. You know, you, That's the only chance you have to get better. I, I don't know where – I think Magic is – look, I think if he was promised something that didn't come true, then it's one thing. But at some point, if you can't just rely on your ability to be a player, you just can't rely on your ability, because you are no longer a player. You're a leader. Yeah. So now you have to have leadership skills, and you just can't do it at, at a whim. You can't just say, I'm coming in today, I I won't be there today. And Palenka, you know, now he's in charge. Now magic blew him up on the way out of town. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) I mean, he was sunny at the causeway. I mean, <laughs> I mean
0: <laughs> the Torpedo. Here we it go. It was over. But you're right to your point. This would be like having a star player who would readily take plays off. Right. This would be like if Tom Brady said, "You know what? Uh, I'm going to mail it in this week, but next week I'll bring it when we need, when we need to."
1: Yeah, like. And if ca-
0: Belichick was okay with that, like, yeah, like
1: you can't do that. Like at some right. point, what does that send a message to the players? Right. You know, like what does that say? Like uh, we're trying to get better here. Like they made some horrendous trades, and oh. then I heard Magic say that he got into a situation where he had people from the business office was coming in he had people that he was asking he wanted to do something and nobody really wanted to do it but he wanted to do it so he had to acquiesce to the off foregone committee which yeah. we know that doesn't work well the only reason you have a committee is because you got two people don't have any confidence that you've done the work right so you've allowed people to come in that shouldn't have any business if you're there twenty four seven you tell the business guy get your ass back over the other side yeah. you know like But if you don't, you know, Parcells would just, he worked the hardest. So he's not going to sit there and tell that guy, you know, this is it. I would just think
0: work ethic is something you meet anybody in life that's something you rest your hat on like you had to rest your laurels on like I've got a great work ethic you may disagree with the result maybe the productivity wasn't there but I work hard I couldn't imagine if you lost a job and I said Mike they said you weren't working hard and you go yeah I really wasn't but that was kind of the deal Yeah, I, I, I
1: was told I wouldn't have to work hard so I was in yeah but that I, I, that, that's, that goes against everything you believe in we're competing do you right. understand we're competing with somebody here right like everybody else is competing everybody else is working yeah like you're competing with somebody you just think because you play do you think it's easy like i don't think that's the case no and that's where you just get into a situation where ex-players don't understand how much work it really takes to do the job they might have an expertise especially in basketball Mm -hmm. but to go from the broadcast chair to run a department lead a department set standards make sure everybody's doing their job no wonder why they have a bad culture
0: right and speaking of why former players should know best kurt warner of course many accolades on the field, Super Bowl champion, MVP, etc. Now does a nice job NFL Network. He said the Seahawks Russell Wilson is not a top five NFL quarterback. At first glance, I think I'm inclined to agree, and I believe he's probably talking with the fact in relation to Russell Wilson's salary, but you right. and I both know, just like with Kirk Cousins, when he got that big money a couple years ago, well, it wasn't that he's the best quarterback in football, he's the best quarterback available, supply and demand, etc. Agree or disagree? Russell Wilson's I not top five. I,
1: I, look, I like Russell Wilson, but I think there's a mythology that goes with Russell that's far out. I mean, last year they couldn't really throw the ball effectively and you could say well it's the receivers and all that i mean he's in the top 10 but he's not in the top five no you know and he brings some other skills to the table in terms of what his leadership and all that but the reality of it is is i don't see him as a top five player like right now you go brady rogers breeze matt ryan then you got Mahomes. Mahomes, there's your five you know i mean so i know you're not
0: crazy about golf that's why i didn't say no
1: no no but i mean look i think the reality here is is that Russell's limitations in terms of height is going to be a problem. you mm-hmm. got to run the ball with him. He's not a drop back. It's more play action than anything. Mm-hmm. And if you keep him in the pocket, can he really beat you consistently? I think that's the question. I, I think Kirk's right. I think that's the really good thing. I think at some point Alex Ferguson, the head of uh, the, the great soccer coach yeah, from Le- Man- uh, Manchester, Manchester United, United. Yeah, yeah. He, he makes a great point in his book. He talks about – You have moments of domination, and then you have moments where you completely dominate. Mm -hmm. Like, that's two different players. Like, the Portland Trailblazers in their series had moments where they were dominant. They led more than trailed, and yet were swept. And yet were swept. But they had moments of dominance, Mm -hmm. but they they were never a dominant. They could never dominate. Yeah. And that's true with players, too, right? You can flash with your brilliance. But you only flash with it a little bit, but you don 't dominate I think that 's where we lose sight with Russell Wilson a little bit. We get caught up in those moments where he makes this incredible play, and then we forget the interception in the Super Bowl where we forget you know he should have had a ball picked off against Green Bay in that one playoff game I mean there's right. so many plays where you and I think we lose sight of that. Sometimes, I know I do, sometimes Deshaun Watson does something and I say, oh, my God, but it's not always consistent enough. Mm-hmm. You know, you're playing Portland's playing Golden State. You know no matter what. Speaking of that, I mean, I thought Terry Stotts had – Pre game speech in game three was, was, I mean, like Terry, they know it's an important game. Like, you don't have to tell them <laughs> that, right? Like, they know it's an We're important. We're down to 0, and it's game three. No, of course, we should. And let's to just win. focus on this game here. No, Terry. <laughs> but let's, go, let's go over and watch Network with Brian Cranston today. I mean, seriously. Like, what are we going to do? Like, we got Whatever. nothing else to do.
0: Like, seriously. And, and by was, the way, when a team blows that many big leads, I do think that's an indictment on the coaching. Oh, I do think it is, too. Because how can you not have your team focus? We're up by 18. This means nothing. Uh, this
1: is the Warriors. You're
0: up by two. Right now.
1: I'm sitting there watching and I'm a fat guy from Jersey and I would say, I would have said, look, fellas, this game is going to come down to how we played the last four minutes. I would have set the stage for the last five minutes of the fourth quarter. Right. Like I don't give a shit what happens. We're going to be up fifteen. We could be down fifteen. I don't care what happens, fellas. This game's coming down the last five minutes and how we play and how we focus. Because when that moment comes, when that five minutes comes, now you can say, guys, we talked about this. This is where we're right where we want to be. Mm -hmm. Not that we're not going to think about next game, we're going to think about this game. Like seriously? They're paying you $8 million for that a year? Seriously? Have a, have a Curry. That's your best that you could throw? Curry, 35 or more
0: every game. And there's still people who go, oh, he's a little overrated. I'm like, how in the world would this
1: guy be overrated? What,
0: what are you talking Can about? Can we, we call Francesa and
1: see what he thinks of Curry? Because I think he thinks he's terrible. So right. we should probably call him up and ask for his advice. I mean, are you kidding me? The guy's unbelievable. That's right. Every single time he steps up, Durant's down, no problem. I got this. Dream on Green, yeah, I know he's a pain in the ass. Great player. You know when you know they're great, is when these other role players, I start to get to my phone out and start looking at where'd they get this guy from? The guy from Wisconsin Green Bay or, yeah, yeah. you know, the kid from Oregon. You know, they're like, they make all these other players look good. Like right. Kevon Looney's on the offensive glass. Yeah, of Glasgow, yeah. The big you know, place. like yeah. Looney, where'd they get him from? If Looney right. was on the Sixers, I would <laughs> I would hate him for about, 20, you know, like, but he's on their team and I'm like, oh my God, he's great. It's right. the greatest. I learned this with Scott Williams, the player at the, at the used to be at the Bulls. Yeah. Right? So he would play eight minutes at the Bulls mm-hmm. and he would get Six points and four rebounds. So the brilliance of the 76ers at that time, they said, we're going to sign Scott Williams, Howard Cats. Oh. We'll pay him a zillion dollars. Because they're extrapolating eight minutes over 32 minutes would be 22 points, 12 boards. But once he gets past eight minutes, he drowns. <laughs> you got to throw him a life preserver. Because <laughs> back to the horse analogy, he's good sprinting. That's it. i got that's nothing it. else. I mean, that ho- I'm telling <laughs> you, go back and watch that tape. <laughs> a ahead. couple more here for you. Go ahead. But the point here is just yeah. like, Like When you're really great, you make role players look better than they really are, and that's the Warriors.
0: Yeah, no question. They elevate every single time. Uh, A couple of quick hitters. Kyle Rudolph trade
1: rumors. Where do you think he lands? Does he remain a Viking for this upcoming season? Well, I think they have to trade him. I mean, look, they've been talking about trading him since February. Like This is not a new story. They go back and forth. The general manager, uh, Rick Spielman, he wants to trade him. He doesn't want to trade him. They're close. They're back and forth. I think they're eventually going to trade him, but the problem is – When you trade him, he's due to make seven and a half. He wants an extension. Mm -hmm. So if you give up a third round pick for him, let's say, and you better make sure you're going to get a compensatory third round back for him if you do that. So that's the problem. That's what's going on. This guy, he has been available. The Patriots have talked. A lot of teams have talked about this player. Mm -hmm. But to me, he's a very few of the why a tight end that's a why on the line. He can play, he's not great in the passing game. Like you would hope he would be. Mm -hmm. He's got good quickness. He's not great. He's not going to be a third down converter. But at seven and a half million, you're like, oh my God, that's a, you know, now I got to extend. They need the cap room. I mean, he's only, I think, the 11th highest paid player on their team at seven and a half million. That's how their cap is really top heavy. Two time Pro
0: Bowl tight end is Kyle Rudolph. Gerald McCoy saw he got released after nine seasons. This guy, his Apex Mike was a tank, just totally clogged the middle. What's the value? What are teams going to be able to Well, up this they,
1: game? They, they've tried to trade him. They've tried to give him away for a salami sandwich. Work I mean, ethic an issue. Yeah, well, they've tried to give him away. Nobody, yeah. want, nobody wanted to touch that $13 million. So. Yeah. They're they're away from that. Now people are saying there's gonna be a bidding war. Well, timeout. Wait a minute. A bidding war at about three million, not at thirteen million. Like he's you know, he has to come to the realization that I'm not gonna make what I made. That right. was the hard part. And I think somebody will come in and, and try to take him on and hopefully get him in shape, see if they could take advantage of him. But he played so bad. Even Bruce Arians said, you know, he wasn't as disruptive as he used to be, which coming from your head coach, that isn't exactly an endorsement. <laughs> And uh, Redskins, Ruben Foster suffering a torn ACL OTA. It starts already for Washington. The injuries start already. And my man, Josh Norman, who's an expert on every subject, he doesn't even show up to the OTA days. <laughs> well, you know what? He's busy doing other things right now. I, I don't he's know. I mean, he's probably focused. out at Fox doing a show out there. I mean, it's amazing. The guy, the guy has got an opinion on everything. I oh. Like, at some point, just do your job. The Redskins are going to be a fun team to watch. They should really do hard knocks. Because there's just so much... There's drama just there, so much drama. There's yeah. so much dis- could you imagine watching Bruce Allen operate behind the scenes? <laughs> that would be just brilliant. Like that would be I would buy the popcorn for everybody <laughs> on that.
0: <laughs> I'll order the free pay-per-view fantasy breakout quarterbacks. In case you're new to the GM shop, we'll be talking about fantasy. Mike's trying to help you out, win some money before the fantasy really gets going. So your your breakout quarterbacks here, Matt Ryan of the Falcons, Kirk Cousins of the Vikings, Big Ben Roethlisberger. love that pick with the Steelers. He's been criticized. Everyone's all over him. How about the Browns? How about the Browns? Roethlisberger, something to prove. And Deshaun Watson, you mentioned earlier with the Texans. You see flashes of brilliance. brilliant
1: Well, player. I think, Deshaun, when he has Will Fuller, they're a different team. The Houston Texans are a completely different team when they have Will Fuller than when they don't have Will Fuller. He stretches. Will Fuller is is Clay Thompson for them right. he's the guy that can stretch the court he f- opens everything up for everybody else he makes Hopkins a better player right. he creates it and he makes Watson a better player down the field if you take Watson you better take Will Fuller in your draft you got to put link those two together. Mm-hmm. And if Will Fuller gets hurt, then sell Watson off. That's what I would do. I think Big Ben's going to have a huge year. I think Big Ben's going to shove it up everybody's uh, butt.
0: Especially something to prove, right? Antonio Brown's yeah I think, him to- I think
1: he's going to prove it. And, and I think Kirk Cousins, I think they're better in the offensive line, but I'm banking on – Is he going to have a running game to help him out? I'm banking on Gary Kubiak here. I'm okay. banking on him having the best year because, remember, Joe Flacco had his best year when Kubiak coached him. So I'm banking on that to mm-hmm. why I think Cousins would be. I'm not saying draft Cousins the first pick overall. Sure. I'm saying like look, look at this later down in your draft. Yeah. Don't just don't buy the media perceptions about Cousins. Like take this a little bit less. And then lastly you've got uh, Matt Ryan Falcons. Uh, yeah, you know, we're going to talk about the, the Falcons. I mean, sure. their schedule is oh, Yeah, man.
0: over under NFC South here. So we look at these different teams. The favorite is the Saints at 9 to 1 odds, 10 and a half
1: wins over under. Well, I think that's tough. I mean, they're take standard. the under. They go to the Rams. They go to Seattle. Now they have Chicago. At, they go there. They ten. I mean, they here's the thing. I think when you do these over and unders, the South plays the NFC West, and they play the AFC South. Yeah. So that the AFC South, they might be able to jump on some wins there. But going back to Atlanta, Atlanta opens up with two. They open up. At Minnesota, then they got Philly, then they go to Indy. They got two tough dome games. Mm-hmm. And think about this for Atlanta. Six of their last eight games are in the NFC South. Wow. That's who they play. They Gauntlet play. down the stretch. It's going to be hard. So eight and a half for them, I think that's going to be a hard one. I really wow. do. Because so when you play six out of eight down the stretch, that means you've got to stay healthy. Right. You know, and I'm not sure the Saints are a lock at ten and a half. I think, st- think they're a ten-win team, so I would take the under I, in that I, case. I would, too. And the Panthers Panthers are over under eight. How do you know where Cam is? How do you know where Cam is? I I just don't have a sense of that. I don't know where they are defensively. I think the defensive line, now they they obviously drafted a kid to help their pass rush. But again, if you're counting on a rookie to help your team this year, you're probably going to be right at that eight number.
0: And lastly, the Buccaneers at six and
1: a half. Feels about right. I don't think they're Uh, picking it. It depends on what Winston does. Right? Is Winston any good or not? This is we're going to find out about two players this year: Winston and Mariota, the two players who were drafted one, two in the draft. It's been enough time now. It's enough time. It's five years. Somebody's going to now. Both teams picked up their options. I believe. I think Winston got his option picked up too. Mm -hmm. But the reality of it here is, I'm not sure that any of them. Neither one of them are very good. You know, and I think this Bucks defense now. I think Todd Bowles has a huge challenge. He loses Jason Pierre-Paul for I don't know how long. They're going to a thirty-four. Mm-hmm. You know, Noah Spence is going to have to rush. Where are they going to get pressure from, and how they're going to do it? I think Bowles is a good coach. I think they'll be better. I think they'll be better on offense with Arians. So I think the combination of those two guys would lead me to think they could do better than six and a half wins, just because I think they'll be better coached.
0: It's interesting you mentioned Todd Bowles and the challenge of the defense. Almost sounds like he's handcuffed a little bit. Speaking of Ezekiel yeah. Elliott, handcuffed to the <laughs> Vegas festival after knocking a man to the ground. EDC Music Festival in Vegas over the weekend. He shoved a security guard to the ground. TMZ Sports at the video. NFL star Teresa Zeke was not formally arrested. Mike, he was only
1: detained. Only <laughs> detained. I was not arrested, I was detained. Well, Tony only got detained when he had the, when they found the gun in the snow. <laughs> exactly. Never arrested. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>.
0: never, <laughs> yeah. no, never arrested. You know. Yeah. Stats limitations and all charge <laughs> yeah. are fine. Go celebrate. Okay. Yes,
1: um sir. Much to do about nothing. Do you have any concern if you're Dallas? I mean, look, you, you, you know, I don't. You know what shocks me about this story? Where TMZ must have a lot of money in cameras. They're everywhere.
0: I, I was going to say it's terrifying now. They're going to follow
1: you it, and me. We, we're not even doing anything. Who cares about us? Look, I, I am not stopping at the Chick Fil A on the way back to the train station. I promise you. <laughs> so they're not going to get me in there. <laughs> but I mean, it's ridiculous. It's like they're everywhere. <laughs> I don't know. Though. I'm sure the NFL will do their quote unquote. We'll look into this. They're yeah. still looking into Tyreek Kill. Oh. How's that going? For How me? many days
0: now? Day twenty six.
1: today is twenty six. Unbelievable.
0: Uh, last one, Edelman. New Deal. Two years.
1: Likely keeping New England the rest of his career. Eight million dollars signing bonus. Twelve million guaranteed. I, I think New England has done something that that I think most teams have to do now. You know, we cut players because they don't play good. Mm-hmm. You got to reward players because they play good, even if they have a contract. I used to be of the belief: you got a contract, you play it out. But the way we're firing players left and right. Turning around, going—you got to do it both ways. I think when you see a guy who's really below the market value, and he won the MVP of the Super Bowl, you got to pay him. They've done Patrick Chung's had his contract done about seventeen thousand. Yeah, the times. safety, you're right. He's you know, to- and so he's outlasted it. You, you're going to have to do it, and and, you, and it's only fair. It sends a message to the locker room that mm-hmm. you're not going to be fixated into this. Like Malcolm Jenkins for the Eagles. Yeah, he wants a redo. He's not coming to OTA days. The Eagles have to redo his deal. I mean, he's far outplayed them. If they Heart lose of the him secondary on their defense, leadership, all that stuff, all that stuff. And they don't have another safety really to go with them. He right. sets the defense. I mean, if they don't have him. Like, there's some players that you say, yeah, I pay that guy. Now, there's some guys that act like assholes, so I'm not paying them. Right. You know, like, that's a whole different story. But the guys that really demonstrate when they, and it, 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 it's not because they don't come to OTAs. I mean, like, the Redskins, I think they have about five or six guys. Trent Williams isn't at the OTAs. You know, Brady's not at an OTA. I mean, it's not because they don't come to OTAs. That doesn't piss me off. Right. It's the fact that, you know how they behave and basically try to do it through the media to get a raise right. like that's not the way to do it like the way to do it is through your film not through the media
0: speaking of film often people say game of thrones is like a giant film mike and i have said on the record it's just not for us i watched the first episode wasn't crazy about it but with my wife Eamon, i watched the last two episodes so she was there to help me out fill in the blanks my sure, been- wife millie, millie was no. not there for you She's, you just watched the finale i want all it was of your so observations. dark and
1: cold I mean, I almost <laughs> wanted to go get a coat. It was freezing. And then I had to look up where they shot it. I guess they shot it in Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland, yeah. The other thing that struck me is the budget for that thing. It's yeah, like it $10 million to- an episode. It had to be incredible. And yeah. were those extras, or were they like? It's a great point. When they CGI, in?
0: put in are they actually extras? It's a good point. I normally feel like it's always CGI, computer generated. But I feel like in your instance, as you pointed the budget, I feel like those are actual extras. That's amazing. It just cast a thousands, literally. I mean, it's how do you feed all those people?
1: You think Artie Buko's doing the <laughs> catering there?
0: <laughs> I mean, seriously,
1: set by the meat over here. <laughs> how do they do it? Like, I, yeah. I was impressed by that. Like, I, like, if it wasn't for the gothic and the. I think I probably could get into it. I got to miss that. How about that, that one shot though, where the
0: dragon comes out from behind her. Like, there, there's some shots that are really immaculate. The cinematography. Oh, and when you the appreciate.
1: dragon picks up the lady, of course, the one she, thing I asked Millie. Stabbed, the one thing yeah. I asked Millie when she got, like, who was she? And she uh, yeah. on the phone. Oh. I, I don't have time to go through this whole show with you. No, just, just, just I was you just was trying, trying to, to do this. some prep work for this show. Like, <laughs> Tell me who that blonde lady was that got stabbed, and why did that thing pick him up and take her right, with her? Right. It's like the dragon's, it's like the dragon's mother. Like the yeah. dragon can take
0: care of take her. Away. I, didn't, I, I didn't know she was the mother. Like, she, it was the mother. I'm like, okay, fine. Thanks a lot. <laughs> you know, <laughs> How about Jon Snow? Were you rooting for the him? The short little guy. No, that's Peter Dinklage. Oh, okay. I was rooting for the short little guy. He's phenomenal. Dinklage I thought he
1: was outstanding. He's I a great I could watch actor. him
0: do. I could watch him read a menu. See, we're on the same page. He did a movie called The Station Agent, which is phenomenal. It's actually shot, I believe, in North Jersey. It's a Bobby kind of Clarkson. He's a great actor. He's great, and I agree. I, wonder like everyone's like, who's going to win the throne? I'm like, I hope it's him. I was that rooting guy's for the him. Best
1: actor going. So I was rooting, going. rooting for him, and his costume was unbelievable. <laughs> like his tailor was immaculate. <laughs> I knew it.
0: This is the Lombardi takeaway: the the costuming
1: and the tailoring. Was I mean, totally it was unbelievable. Looking. Like, I and, and it just, I don't know, with seasons, I didn't really understand the whole thing and who sure. was fighting who. Right. But I just thought it was the cinematography yes. was incredible. You can appreciate the spectacle.
0: Yeah. But people were pissed. Like, Why? there was a million people who sat online. They did not like the final season. Thought it was poorly written. They didn't like the direction of certain characters. It's visually appetizing, but a letdown. Which makes me think about: imagine if Sopranos, which we know at the time, people hated the ending. Right. right, only with, with with I think Heinz that you're watching. You go, no, it's brilliant. What David Chase did was brilliant. But at the time, you know, people said my cable went out. This is BS. This is Tony alive? Is he dead? Imagine if social media, Instagram, Twitter was around for the Sopranos finale, Seinfeld finale. People hated the Lost finale.
1: People are still fuming about the Seinfeld, the Dexter finale. Apparently, is one of the worst ever. The Seinfeld one for me was. That I thought they made fun of all of us. They for said, liking these guys. You actually like these assholes, and right. you've watched ten seasons of this <laughs> despicable human beings. You deserve this ending. That's what I kind of thought. Right. I thought the Sopranos. I, like for me, the Sopranos was you decide however in your own mind. But like we were talking before, like Tony's only has two outcomes. He's either going to get killed or he's going to jail. That's right. the only two outcomes he has. Right. So when it went black. However, you wanted it to go, but eventually he was going to jail. I mean, there's no way Mel was going to keep him out of jail. No, I like the one theory of that's just his life—that constant paranoia. Every time a bell
0: rings, this could be somebody to kill. Him. Right. And of course, the Godfather homage with a guy going to the bathroom. Right. Or just the concept of since it's our point of view watching him, we got whacked. Right. right? Our point of view went to black.
1: It's like no, you're done watching now. No more. Right. <laughs> you got, I, David Chase killed us. Right. And I thought the pick of the music was perfect. Don't stop believing. Uh, and every time I hear it now, I'm like, oh, I, I, I it's unbelievable. And they had almost fight to get that to, they weren't sure they wanted to be part of it can you imagine that my buddy anish took me today
0: he goes i'm gonna take you to holstein's that's the diner have you been there we went there this morning i couldn't believe a how small it is at, yeah at some point b he took me to the exact spot where meadow Camp parallel park right and he goes look right there there's a parking lot seriously meadow could have just come <laughs> in that parking garage what have it fine. and you know what struck me too there's yeah. no music on the tables oh, that's a good point you're right when i walked in the first thing they have a soprano's
1: t-shirt there of course but it's small. Like it's it's very small. You got bakery and sweets. So there's like four booths. They go. This is it. But that's so Jersey. Like there's that. That's why diners, drive-in and dive yeah. could just stay in Jersey the whole time. Guy Fieri doesn't even have to leave the state. I mean, there's just <laughs> so many places like that. <laughs> like you know, like where Uncle Junior has the TikTok diner. It's in Jersey Avenue. Right. You know, where, he, where Mikey Palmese gets tailored for a new suit. Yeah, yeah. And, you know,
0: Mikey Palmese by the underrated characters. She'll She'll way, underrated character. Should stay more. They, yeah.
1: they, they, I think they made a mistake whacking Mikey Palmese. He, he gets He's going for a run. His wife's hilarious. Oh, no, she's really. hilarious brought her back. She he said he loved me (laughs) and he told her to take a mite off. (laughs) That was great the season finale season one. So good. Um, I, I, I watched actually, I watched season finale of one again just because I was home alone. I did, and you realize how good it is. Yeah. You realize how good it is. The fact that like, when he, he literally goes to his mom be a like, look at her, she's laughing. <laughs> she's laughing. <laughs> yeah. she's it's so good. And they whack Jimmy Altieri. It's oh. so good.
0: Oh, well. We can go on forever. Right. Sopranos forever. Thanks for listening to GM Shuffle. Subscribe, rate, review. Tell all your friends and help us out.